0: And so, Father God, as we uh, journey into this new series that you've given to us, we pray that you will speak uh, mightily to each one of us in exactly the way that we need to hear you. God, this is one of the hardest things that there is for me to preach about, but yet it's my favorite as well. And so, Lord, we pray that you would speak to our hearts, speak through your stories and your words as we talk about what on earth we are here for. Thank you, God, for the privilege we have to serve you and to worship you. And what a fun morning it's been so far, God. And so we just pray that you would be here amongst us in this moment. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, it's a good morning so far. I'm going to be the one to say it. I was so glad Brad didn't fall. <laughs> Everybody saw that. But I love the way he was just into the worship and, and feeling that, and what a great morning. Uh, the energy was fantastic, and, and I hope that we can continue on that type of energy, because that's how church is supposed to be. Church is supposed to be this excited thing that we're almost reckless about. that That we're so into that we don't care about what's happening around us because it's all about what's happening in your heart and what's happening up here in heaven. And I'm going to tell you, this morning God wants to say something to you. As a church, we're, we're diving into this new series called What on Earth Am I Here For? And, and it comes from a guy by the name of Rick Warren. It's a fantastic book. And I want to say this. I want to encourage you all to buy this book. Read along with us. And then if you're not already in a small group, you need to get into a small group because then what we're going to do is following the sermons in your small groups, you're going to be picking apart the sermons in fantastically great detail. This is a little study guide that we have that's going along with it. Um, And so, you know, I've been saying it for the last two weeks and I'm going to say it one more time. Don't use this time as your deep spiritual growth time. You need to be in the word of God more than just showing up at church on Sunday. This is a time where we're to come and we're to worship God. You need to be in the word of God. And with that being said, you need to be in a small group. If you're not in a small group, if you're not hosting a small group, or you're not leading a small group yet, I want to encourage you immediately following the service to march across the little foyer out there next to where all those pillars are, and I want you to find Pastor Bob Mason, and he will get you hooked up with a small group. You need to be in a small group. Jesus was in a small group. He desires for us to be in fellowship with one another, to be growing deeper with one another, and you need to grab these resources because the sermon's only going to go so deep. On Sunday morning, I'm just going to tell you right now, we're expecting you all to go deeper in your small groups. That being said, we are talking about what on earth we're here for. And this past summer, um, I had the privilege of leading a fishing trip with a group of guys. Now, I'll just tell you, fishing is one of my favorite things on the planet to do. Uh, my my two favorite fishing buddies on the planet, first first, my son Brandon. I love fishing with him. He's a he's a, we can call him the bass master. and then my dog Buddy. Uh, who, when he's on the boat, when we catch a fish, he starts to try to attack the fish, and it's just hysterical. But I love to fish. Fishing, to me, is just so fantastic. And what I love about fishing is when I take people fishing for the first time, there's this, like, glaze that comes over their face. Because if you've ever looked in somebody's tackle box, there is, it looks like a Dr. Seuss book in there. I mean, there is just all kinds of stuff in there that unless you really know what it's for, you have no idea what this thing's purpose is. I remember taking Vince Corey to look at tackle for this trip I was going on. And let me just say, Vince knows a lot about fishing now. But he didn't then. And he would just say, what on earth is this for? What is this thing? What does this thing do? And I want to tell you, there's all kinds of fishing lures from woolly buggers to whiz poppers to all kinds of little things. There's, there's mimic minnows. There's dipsy divers. There's, there's just tons and tons of different stuff. And for some reason in the fishing community, it's, if you're a marketing person, you're going to laugh at this. But in the fishing community, they got the bright idea that, hey, we're going to sell our lures, we're going to sell our thing, but we're not going to put instructions on the package. If you've ever fished, you know exactly what I'm talking about. When you buy a fishing lure, you've got to figure out what the heck it's for. You've got to figure out how you actually are supposed to tie this thing I love it because there's a store near my home that recently started putting diagrams up in the aisles next to the fishing lures, telling you how to tie and how to hook and how to rig certain lures. And I was talking to one of the guys there just last night. He said, since they've started to do that, their sails are going through the roof. Well, the reason is, is because people know what the purpose is now. When you have a purpose for something, it just seems to all make sense, And when you're using something for the purpose that it was created, you're going to catch fish and you're going to have food and it's good. I love to fish. If you ever want to go fishing, ask me. I love taking people fishing, so please invite yourself to go fishing with me. I'd love to do that. So it's funny though, because you look at that fishing lure and you look at it and you say, How do you find out what this thing's for? Well, the easy answer is you look at who the manufacturer is the fishing lure. And you go and you say, Why did you create this? What is its purpose? How do I use it? And what is it for? Did you ever look in the mirror and ask that very same question? What is that? What's its purpose? What's that for? I know a lot of you have heard my testimony before, but when God gives you a story, He wants you to share it. And I'm going to share a little bit about my testimony again. And if you've heard it before, forgive me, but it'll be a good reminder for you that God has a purpose. As a young kid, I remember I struggled all the time with self-esteem. And I would be lying to you today if I told you I don't still struggle with it. I struggled with whether or not I was wanted I struggled with the fact that I felt like I was useless. I felt like I had no purpose. I felt like my family didn't want me. And for years and years in my life, I just had this angst, this feeling in the pit of my stomach that I was a mistake. And I remember when I was 18 years old, my mom and I had this weird relationship And she took me out and we were in the car and we pulled into this old drive-in movie theater out on Tuscaroras Road and she she stopped the car and she said, we have to talk. And she began to tell me the story of my life and how before I was born she had been married to this man who was an abusive alcoholic. And for the sake of the little kids in the room, I'm going to be very vague. And after almost beating her half to death after almost beating her to death he was thrown in prison. And through a series of weird circumstances in the legal system this man was released from prison. My mother was in the process of divorcing him. And she was moving out of the house. She didn't know that he was released from prison. And one night she heard a knock at the door and when she came to the door she just saw a figure in the door and as she got closer he kicked open the door knocked her out And I'll just say it like this. A very broken, sinful man did very broken, sinful things to my mother. And as a result of that, she became pregnant with me. She was in this moment in her life where in the 70s abortion was just kind of this common thing, and, and her friends had been telling her, You need to there's no way you can keep this child. There's no way. This is a mistake. This is gonna be a constant bad reminder to you of the awful things that have happened in your life. And she was encouraged in this way from certain people. But I thank God for my grandmother and for my aunts because they encouraged her to get into the Word of God. And and they got into the Word of God and they told her, you know, God has a purpose for everything. God God takes awful situations and He will use them for His glory. And so in a moment of mercy, and a moment of grace, my mom decided to keep me. Which led to a lifetime of heartbreak. All those feelings and emotions I had that I wasn't wanted, that I was a mistake, that I wasn't on purpose. In this moment, when my mom's telling me this story, they're real. I am a mistake. I'm not on purpose. I was never wanted. And so my whole world came crashing in on top of me, just as it has with some of you when you look in the mirror. I I talked with several people who had the same story as me. We as people know what it means to be broken. We know what it means to feel like we're not on purpose. We know what it means to feel like we're a mistake. But listen to me. You are not a mistake. My mother shared with me a verse in the book of Psalms. And I want to share it with you right now. Because I think if it had not been for this verse, I I don't know what would have happened to me. She read these words to me, these life-breathing words. For you created my inmost being, And you knit me together in my mother's womb. And I praise you because I am fearfully and I am wonderfully made. And you works, your works are wonderful. And I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you. And when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. You are not a mistake. I am not a mistake. God reminds us all the time that no matter what the circumstances we have come through, no matter what we have been a part of, bad things may happen, but God will work all things together for His good, for those who love Him. And I want to tell you, I still struggle with the wanted thing. I str- I'm so needy. My wife's probably over there laughing. I'm just, i I'm, I'm so needy, but the reality of it is, I, it's just a quick reminder that I was created by God, knit together before anything happened on this earth, as that scripture just said. God planned me. I'm not a mistake. I, he didn't make a mistake on me when he made me. He, he made me on purpose. He made you on purpose every little intricacy that there is about you, every little personality detail, where you were born, your race, your job, everything about you, God has done on purpose. And he has had a plan for you since before you were a thought in your parents' eye. Mind. (laughs) Are you following me, church? We are not mistakes. We are on purpose and over the next 6 weeks, we are going to be looking at what our purpose is as believers because God has big purposes for us. I remember when I was struggling so bad as a kid, there were three questions that would constantly come to my mind and and I know that some of you, whether it's a job loss, I don't know what your circumstance is, but you ask these questions. You say, "Why am I alive?" and you question your existence. We ask the question, does my life even matter at all? And that's a question of our significance. And then we ask the question of how do I then find my purpose? And that's a question of intention. So this morning I want to cover those three things. The first one we come to is we ask the question, well, why am I alive? Why are you alive? Do you think that God just one day randomly said, you know what, I'm going to send two rocks into each other and this is all going to be an accident? No. God made you for a very specific purpose. Do you want to hear what that purpose is? Douglas Adams wrote the book Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. And do you know what he said the purpose of life is? Forty-two. Forty-two. <laughs> We live in a culture that, that tells us we can find our identity, we can find our purpose in all kinds of stuff. Listen to me. You're not going to find your purpose in a philosophy book. You are not going to find your purpose in trying to be super employee. You're not going to find your purpose, and hear how I'm saying it, church, and being a parent. You're not going to find your purpose in the world stuff. You're going to find your purpose in God. Because God created us and made us alive for this simple reason. In Ephesians 1.4, it says this. Long before God laid down the earth's foundation, he had us in mind and settled on us as objects and focuses of his love. Do you know why you exist? Here's the answer. If you're taking notes, write this down. Why do I exist? Because God wants to love me. That verse in Ephesians tells us that we exist to be the objects of the affection of God. You exist to be loved. Isn't that cool? You have a purpose. Why are you alive? You are alive because God made you to love you. Because he could. Not because he had to. Because he could. The second question we ask, we say... Is my, does my life matter? Am I significant? Yes, you are significant. God loved you so much that he sent his only son to bleed on the cross for you. He gave of himself so that he could spend forever with you. Do you get that? This life is only temporary. That the 70 to 80 years that you spend here on earth are very, very temporary. That God, when he laid for his plan for us, it included forever. So the hardships that you're going through right now, the rough times that you're experiencing right now, this is just training for eternity. If you weren't significant to God, he would simply let you go to hell. But you are significant to God. And he did send his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross and to rise again on the third day so that one day you and I could forever dwell in the house of the Lord. Psalm thirty-three eleven says, His plans endure forever and we are forever purposed in love. When God made plans for us, it wasn't just for now. It was forever. It was for eternity. This is your temporary home. And so you ask yourselves the question, does my life matter? It matters enough that the Son of Man would give his life for you. That's a big deal. That's, that's serious significance. You know what's amazing is we look at our wallets, we look at our, our finances, we look at the way we provide a means to an end, and that's important to us. We look at our titles and if some of you got the church um, yeah, uh, email blast this week, you saw that I'm now the Dr. Reverend Jamie Kendrew. Thank you very much. I expect you to call me that. It's not true. I, I did nothing. I am not a doctor. But the funny thing was, when I saw that, I went, huh, that looks pretty cool. Maybe I'll go get my doctor." There's no way. Uh-uh, it ain't happening. Good for you, Jared. Anyway. But there's something about us as people is we we do find ourselves attracted to titles. We think that our worth is found in our titles, but the reality of it is that it's not because every single one of us would rather be significant than we would be financially rich, than we would be to have a title like the Reverend Dr. Jamie Kendrew. Tell me you haven't looked in the mirror and made this statement, I just wish somebody loved me. I hope maybe you haven't. I wish there was somebody out there that got me. We want to be significant. We're created to be significant. And the reason that is, is because God made us to be significant, because we are significant. But our sinful condition sometimes clouds our vision and makes us think that we're a mistake. And it makes us think that we're not on purpose. It makes us think that we're broken. God does not make mistakes. You are on purpose. The way that you are is on purpose, and God desires to use that for His glory. So we've got to get out of the way. Third question we have is how do we find our purpose? Okay, Jamie, you're sitting up there, you're telling me that uh, I'm made to be loved by God, that, that I am significant to God so much so that he would send his son as a sacrifice for my sins. Okay, so, so now how do I find my purpose? I know that I'm significant, I know that I'm loved, so what's my purpose? Well, that's what we're going to talk about over the next several weeks here in our services. We're going to talk about five key areas of faith where God has a specific purpose for you. And for some of you, you're going to be gifted in certain ways. I can never sing and dance and play instruments like Brad Labacken, but I'm not called to do that because God created him a certain way and he created me a certain way. And God created all of you in a certain way that he wants you to use those abilities, gifts, and talents for his purpose. David, in a vulnerable moment, would cry out to God saying, God, why did you even create me? we find our answer in Ephesians 2, 1 through 10. So if you have your Bibles or your little service sheets when you came in, I'd encourage you to turn there with me right now. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sin in which you used to live. When you followed the ways of the world and the ruler of the kingdoms of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature objects of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead and transgressions. It is by grace that we have been saved, and God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Jesus Christ. For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. And in this, not from yourselves, it is a gift of God. It's not by works so that nobody can boast. But we, For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works. uh, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Do you want to know what your purpose is? The only way you are going to find out what your purpose is is by going to the manufacturer and saying, what is this for? Are you crying out to God, saying, God, you made me. What am I for? And I promise you, if you draw close to the word of God and you begin to study, that God will reveal to you why he made you. It tells us in that verse that we are God's workmanship. We are created to do God's work, which was prepared in advance for us. So God has a plan for you. He wants to use you, but you've got to draw closer and ask the manufacturer, what do you want me to do, God? Because just like every fishing lure has a different function, each one of you has a different function. And God desires to reveal that to you. You've got to grow close to God to find your purpose. You want to find your purpose? Get to know God. I love what it says in Acts 10. It says, it makes no difference who you are or where you are. This is out of the message. Uh, It makes no difference who you are or where you are from. If you want God and are ready to do as he says, the door is open. Maybe you're sitting out there this morning and you feel empty. You feel like you're a mistake. You feel like you're not on purpose and that you have no purpose. I want to say to you that God loves you so much he gave his son so that you could be set free from the bondage of sin and you could be set to do the purpose that God created you for. And I want to challenge you, if you want purpose in your life, please come talk to me. Come talk to Pastor Jared. Anybody you see on the stage here, come talk to us. We would love to tell you more about following Christ. Because he's giving you an invitation. He's the one that causes the initiative. And if you want to know more about following Jesus, we would love to have a great conversation with you. But God created you for a purpose. And you're going to have to come back next week to hear more about that. Because God is good. And he desires for us to worship together. He desires for us to be together. He desires for you to be in a small group to dive deeper into this lesson. So why am I alive? I am alive to be loved by God. Does my life matter? Absolutely. How do I find my purpose? You grow closer to God. Let's pray. God, we love you and we thank you. Lord, I wouldn't change a thing about my life because you have a purpose and a plan for all these things. And no matter how broken and messed up and and, and just nasty we feel and we are, God, there is forgiveness. There is grace for all of us. And God, you desire for each one of us to come to that knowing faith in you. So I pray that you would stir among the hearts of the people especially those who are looking for hope and who do not know you. Because hope can only be found in you, Jesus. A life without hope is death. So give us that hope this morning, God, as we come to your table.